Hopefully you found out some things about what other people are depressed about uh, after the first couple of weeks of school and uh, finding those things out. We're going to begin a series tonight. Uh, if you don't know, if you're new, let me kind of tell you what we do sometimes. Oh, we've got things happening there. Okay, um, what we kind of do here is a lot of times we'll take and we'll look at a certain topic and we'll look at it for over several weeks. And the reason we do that is because hopefully, you know, as you take a little bit more time and look at things, you'll be able to get some perspective on a given topic, and then you'll be able to take and, and kind of figure out, okay, in light of what I'm learning, how do I align my life with what God says here, and how do I begin to kind of, you know, uh, live in that and enjoy what God has for me in that very aspect? So tonight, we're going to be starting a new series called Living in the Kingdom, uh, and really what it's going to be about is the kingdom of God. Now, a lot of times, you don't hear a lot of messages on the kingdom of God. I mean, you hear some occasionally, but you don't hear a whole lot, and yet, that was like the central theme of Jesus's ministry. When you look, I mean, he talks about the kingdom of God like 126 times within the gospels. And you begin to look and he's, as he's talking about it, you know, he talks about the great benefits. In fact, one of my great fears as I was thinking about this stuff for uh, tonight and actually in the weeks ahead is that we would not do an adequate job explaining the kingdom. And so that somehow you would be shortchanged and you would not get a full picture of the kingdom. So what I would encourage you to do is, you know, in light of my weaknesses and the weaknesses of anyone else speaking, look at it yourself, okay? Get into the Gospels, begin to look and see, what did Jesus have to say about the kingdom? Because what you're going to find is it's rather, uh, it's rather astounding. In fact, what I really believe is if you rightly understand the things Jesus had to say about the kingdom. All of the fears, all the insecurities, all the worries you have would begin to just kind of fade into the back. You, you wouldn't even realize them. And so tonight what I want us to do is we're just going to take a brief time and kind of lay out some of the groundwork of this is what we're going to be looking at over the next several weeks. And so you can begin to kind of understand some of that. So a kingdom, what, what is a kingdom? A kingdom is simply this. A kingdom is your little sphere over which what you say goes. In other words, you're the one who makes choice. You're the one who determines that. That's what your king. Each one of you have your little kingdom. You know, you woke up this morning and you looked over there and you saw a roommate and you thought, <clears throat> stay over there. That's your kingdom. I'm in my kingdom. I don't want you in my kingdom. You know, I, I've kind of got mine. I've kind of got my little sphere here that I'm working with, you know, and each of us were made for that. Each of us were made, you know, sometimes we wonder, you know, is that just like selfishness? Is that something that, you know, people need to get over? Well, in some cases, yes. But, I mean, if you look, each of us were made to kind of have dominion over a certain area. We were made to have, we were made to have that, though, within the appropriate boundaries and uh, things of reality that God places on that. We were designed by God for that. In fact, in Genesis 126, God says this. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the seas, the, over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that crawls on the earth. Part of being made in God's image is we're made to have dominion over a kingdom. But it's always designed to be carried out with the union with God as we work in carrying out, as we work in overseeing our realm, our, our, uh, our area of dominion. So... What happened, if you're not familiar with Scripture, if you're not familiar with what happened with history, 
What happened was there's something called the fall where uh, men decided, you know what? Hey, I know God said that, but I'm going to do what I want to do because I think I know best in my kingdom. And so what happened, everything got distorted after that. Yet still, what you'll notice is there's kind of this bent to rule in every one of us. We all have that kind of a little spark within us where we kind of know things. Like, you'll notice this, like you see an animal in trouble sometimes, and you have this thought like, someone ought to do something. I ought to do something. You know, we need to save the whales. We need to do this. We need to do, why, why do we have that? Well, part of that comes from that bent in us of, you know, we were designed to have dominion over some things. That's also why we turn wildernesses into parks. You notice we don't go around and turn parks into wildernesses. Well, some people try probably, but I mean, that's not what we're supposed to do. We go out to a place that's like a wilderness, we turn it into a park. Now, that's the sliver of good that came out of the distortion. The sliver of bad is, is really the other things. Like, um, if you haven't noticed, one of the things that we try to do most of the time is we try to rule over others. Or we try to make sure they don't rule over us. And so what you'll find is that's why a lot of times we don't like being told what to do. We think, I like my kingdom. You know, I like my rule. I don't want you telling me what to do. I have charge of my life. Now, I know you've never thought that, but the person sitting next to you has. And, you know, they've thought that quite often. You know, I don't like that. That's why kids, have you ever noticed, kids try to get other people to do exactly what they want to do? Thank God we've outgrown that. Uh, you know, I mean, you know. That's what kids try to do. Why? Because kids are sure what they want to do in their little dominion, in their little rule, is what everyone needs to do. And so that's what they try to do. That's why you hear kids say things like, mine, mine, you know, and stuff like that. They try to make sure, you know, everyone understands. My kingdom your kingdom. Let's keep those things apart. And so that goes on all the time. Now, what God does is God comes in and he invites us. He says, I want you to trust me. I want you to be faithful in your little dominion that you have. And he says, if you'll do that, you know what, that's where our kingdom begins to interface with his kingdom. And what he'll tell us a lot of times is, you know what, if you'll be faithful in the little area, your little kingdom, your little uh, reign part right here, if you'll be faithful in that and you'll trust me, then what I'll do is I'll give you greater dominion. That's why he says in Matthew 25, you know, to the servant, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful in little. I'll now give you much. That comes from what God says about his kingdom. So what is the kingdom of God? Now, it's also referred to as the kingdom of heaven. Like if you look in uh, the Gospel of Matthew, which we will, but you know, um, in this whole whole series, but it's the gospel, uh, the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? That is where God reigns. The kingdom of God is simply it's His reign, where God reigns. Now, a lot of times when people think of the kingdom of God, they think about a place. You know, it's kind of this is His realm or something. No, the kingdom of God isn't a place. The kingdom of God is where God rules. It is whenever and wherever what he wants done is being done. Now, most of the time people think, well, that's not on earth. Well, yeah, that happens on earth here too. It happens on earth where his desires are being carried out and to where his agenda is being accomplished. That's where the kingdom of God is. So like, you know, You've noticed that probably several times in your day. You walked in and you, anybody 
ate today? Anybody eaten today? Huh? Yeah, several. You went into a cafeteria. You probably saw someone come over to serve you. You know what? That was something God was looking at going, I like that. Serving. That's a good thing. Several of you probably treated people nicely. Some of you by accident, others intentionally, but you treated people nicely. You know what? When that happened, God smiled and God said, yeah, that's, that's part of my rule. That's what I wanted happening. It's part of my reign right there. Several of you chose, you know, like the teacher said, who all read this assignment? Several of you chose to really have God reign in that moment. You said, not me. You know, <laughs> others of you said, maybe that's a prophetic thing. Yes, eventually I will read that, you know. So, uh, but wherever God is ruling and reigning, wherever what God wants done is done, that's the kingdom of God. Now, part of God's will, part of what he wants done is he wants people to come into a relationship with him. He wants people to experience what it's like to know him. And part of what he's doing is, another part, is he's wanting to develop this inclusive community with himself right at the very center of it as its you know, prime instigator and most glorious participant. That's what God's wanting to develop. Now, the fact that he would invite us into a relationship with him, the fact that he would invite us to be part of that community, that's why it's called good news. I mean, you know, if somebody comes up to you and they say, hey, you know, I see you're living in this where you're sitting around thinking about spring break in January, you know, um, you don't have to do that. You can actually live in a realm where it's like great all the time. You're like, you're kidding. Like, no. In fact, you can do that and you can be in relationship with the one who is king over the kingdom. You're like, jackpot. You know, this is great. I mean, yeah, it, that's why it's called the good news because that's what God offers us. He gives us the opportunity to do that. Now, as Jesus came into the world, what he does is he announces for us the accessibility of the kingdom for us, just like ordinary people. He says, you have the opportunity to reintegrate your little realms into the infinite realm of God. You have the opportunity to begin to experience God's rule and God's reign in your life. And so what Jesus does, he shows us through becoming a man what our lives could be like if we lived in daily fellowship with and daily dependence upon God. He says, you know, your life, this is what your life could be. I mean, have you stopped and thought about it? Many of the things that we pursue today, I mean, you know, you look at Jesus and you see him. I mean, people loved him. They loved to be, I mean, they flocked to him. I mean, we sit around sometimes trying to figure out how can we relate to all more people? We want to get people around. Jesus was trying to drive people away. Why? There were so many people around every time he went someplace. Some of you, you know, you just think, oh, my gosh. If some of the people that seem like some of the kind of dangerous people around campus or a little bit, if they just thought I was cool, that would just be like the greatest thing in the world. Did you know all those people thought Jesus was cool? I mean, all of those people flocked to get around Jesus. Why? Because, you know, he lived a different kind of life. He lived a life that was totally different. And they looked at him and they saw him and they were totally attracted to it. That's what he offers us. He says, you know what? You can come in. You can have that same kind of life. You can have that same thing. So the kingdom of God, 
Life in God's presence and power has become available to you and I, ordinary people like us. Jesus put it this way in Mark 1.15. He said, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Is that the word, little word gospel there? It's a word that means good news. Repent and believe the good news. Now, when Jesus said, you know, the kingdom of God is at hand. A lot of times you'll hear theologians talk about that and they're kind of like, yeah, eventually the kingdom's good. That's not what that word means. Jesus is saying, hey, you know what? The kingdom of God is at hand. It's here. You can actually begin to experience the kingdom of God. And then that little word repent, that's an interesting word. I mean, I think most of the time we don't really understand what that word means. Like if I say to you, you need to repent. I mean, you know what you normally think? I need to stop doing stuff. That's why I need to stop. But that's not what that word means. We tend to think of it as a negative thing. We tend to think of it as, you know, whatever you're doing, are you having fun? Yes, well, stop it. Uh, you know, just whatever you're doing, stop doing it. But the word, what it really means is to consider something to change direction and begin to go a different way. That's really what the word repent is. So Jesus is saying, as one, as one professor that used to be here said this, what Jesus is saying is this, review your plans for living and base your life on this remarkable opportunity. Review your plans for living and base your life on this remarkable opportunity. The picture that you get within the Gospels as Jesus kind of talks about the kingdom is it's something that's present, but it's something that's still to come. Like it's already, but it's not yet. So it's kind of, it's kind of both. What we have here is, you know, we have this idea that um, it's something sometimes that you, you can accept it now, but then you enjoy it later. And what Jesus is saying, no, no, no. It is something that you can begin to enter into right now. Today, you can enter into it right now. He says what you do is it's when you begin to see God reigning in your life, in the lives of others, in different aspects in the world, to some degree, you can begin to experience the kingdom of God right here, right now. But there's also that future aspect to it in that not everything is being under God's reign right now. And so there's that future aspect to it that one day we'll experience the fullness of God's kingdom whenever, you know, everything is under his reign. So... The main text that we're going to be looking at over the next several weeks is a message that Jesus gave. It's a talk he gave at least two times, probably more than that, that we see within Scripture. And it's commonly referred to as the Sermon on the Mount, but it's a, a topic that what Jesus did, he kind of covers all this thing. Now, here's what a lot of people look at that. A lot of people will read that. It's found in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And a lot of people will look at that, and what they think is, these are things that you do as a way to become a kingdom citizen. You know, like Jesus will say something like, blessed is the poor in spirit. They go, oh, I've just got to become more poor in spirit so that I'm, you know, more of a kingdom. That's not what Jesus is saying at all. That's not what he's saying. What Jesus is saying is, let me tell you about what I'm doing for you. Because if you understand that rightly, then you'll understand that through me, 
you can have entrance into the kingdom of heaven. In fact, you can begin to have that as a part of your life where it's very accessible to you at any moment all the time. The former way of looking at it, like we have to earn something, that's what religion is all about in our day and age. It's, it's trying to work your way into God's favor. Now, sometimes, you know, I mean, you'll find all sorts of people that do that. We look, when we tend to think of that, we think, that's right. Some of those religious people, they do that. But you know what? That, that goes on with a lot of people. They form their own little way of, you know, this little self-righteousness thing. Like, if I do this, do this, do this, and don't do this, and don't, then God's really pleased. But what you see is when Jesus is talking about that, that is not what he says at all. He says, I have done every single thing that you need in order to have access to the kingdom. Through his life, through his death, through his resurrection, we now have access into the kingdom of God. Paul puts it this way. He says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. That's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Paul says, you know, your entrance into the kingdom has nothing to do with your performance. It has to do with what has already been done for you. It's not something you do. It's something that's already been done for you. All you have to do is transfer your trust from anything you're doing to what's already been done. And when you do that, then you can begin to experience life in the kingdom. You not only get forgiveness of sin, but you get to enter into the realm of God's reign in earth and God's reign for all eternity, where what he desires is done. Now, some people, honestly, they really struggle with that. And one of the biggest reasons is they look at that and they think, ah, there seems to be something else I need to do. I need to earn this in some way, you know. That's one of the reasons in Matthew 19, 23, Jesus said, truly I say to you, it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, why? Does God not like money? I mean, is that what? No, that's not it. It's that he's saying, hey, you know what? Too often the rich think, surely there's something that I can do to contribute to this. Surely there's some way that I can kind of pay my way in. Surely there's something that I can do that's going to earn me this. And what they don't understand is, no, grace is something you cannot earn and you do not deserve. You can't do that. And so what Jesus said, he's paid the way into the kingdom. We don't have to do anything except for accept it. Trust him, begin to accept that. So those who have experienced forgiveness and those who have begun to enter into that new life that, that Christ offers, what they do is they get to then be bearers of the kingdom to others. Like when Jesus walked on the earth, one of the things he did was he went around over and over talking about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, over and over and over. And people could look at his life and they could see, this is what it looks like to be someone who is related to the king. This is what it looks like to be someone who is experiencing God's rule and reign in their life every single day. When we come into a relationship with him, what he says is, hey, guess what, guys? That's your role now in the world. The first part of that role is to live a spirit-empowered, radically alternative life of love 
through which the kingdom of God is on display for everybody around you. They look at you and they say, oh, wow. That's what it looks like. It's not like weirdness like I thought. Or it's not just like some obscure thing. No. I mean, you actually love others. You actually hold on to truth. You actually allow God to reign in and through your life. That's the first aspect of it. The other part of what it means to be a bearer of the kingdom is you share the accessibility of the kingdom with other people around you. They look and they, because, I mean, most of the time they look at you and they think, wow, that's great, but I don't know about me. And you can be just like Jesus and you say, hey, the kingdom of God is at hand. You know, it is accessible for you as it is accessible for you as it is for me, for anyone. The kingdom of God is at hand. So here's the problem. Other kingdoms are still at hand on earth as well. You know, we still have our say in our little kingdoms. God allows us to do that. You know, we still have that. The kingdom of darkness and the prince of darkness are very active here and right now. That's why there's an already but not yet aspect to the kingdom of God. Because we can experience that right now. We can begin to live in that. We can enjoy the benefits of that. We can spot that around happening all around us if we open our eyes to what God's doing. And we realize the kingdom of God is wherever what he wants done is being done. That's the kingdom. Then we can begin to experience it. But there again, we're never going to experience it fully until Jesus returns and makes everything new. When he comes back and makes everything new, then we'll experience the kingdom of God in a totally fulfilled way. You experience taste of it now. John Ortberg, uh, a pastor and an author, says this, whenever and wherever the kingdom of God is reigning, you see three things, reconciliation, restoration, and rejoicing. Reconciliation, restoration, and rejoicing. You know, reconciliation, Jesus is all about reconciliation. In fact, if you look, you know, he's trying to get us reconciled to God and us reconciled to one another. And part of the great news is as you begin to step into the kingdom and follow him, you can find yourself being reconciled with people because you begin to learn things like um, really forgiving others. You begin to learn things like receiving forgiveness from others. See, because all of our sins have been forgiven, we can forgive others and they can forgive us because those things have been taken care of. You begin to, to learn to be reconciled to other people around you. Another thing, restoration. In the kingdom, you know, the kingdom of God as opposed to the kingdom of the world, in the kingdom of God, God is restoring things to the way they ought to be. That's why you see Jesus sometimes, he's healing people. That's why you see Jesus, he's giving sight to the blind. That's why he's helping the lame to walk. He is restoring things back to how they should be. Now, we don't tend to, we don't tend to uh, think about that a lot. You know, we, we, t- we don't realize that, man, sin has really wrecked us. Where many of us, you know, we're not the people God intended us to be. In fact, all of us. We look at our, our lives and we think, okay, you know, we're, we're prideful, where we ought to be humble. 
we don't really love people. We're wrapped up with fears and insecurities and, and all sorts of addictions and stuff. And what God says is, you know what? I want to deliver you from all of that. I want to restore you. I want you to be the person I created you to be in the first place. All of that is part of the kingdom. And then the last part, just the part of rejoicing. Jesus, over and over, when you look at him, he's always going to parties. Have you noticed that? You start, you think, wow, is that what Jesus does? I mean, he just like goes out to eat. All the, I mean, if, if Jesus were here today, you'd probably go over and he'd be hanging out at Starbucks. And you're like, what are you doing? You know, and he's just having fun. He's just having parties. I mean, everywhere you go, probably not. Some of you are going, not Starbucks. No, I mean, he's hanging out somewhere, you know. Probably not the dining hall, but he's hanging out some places. You know, I mean, he, he is always at parties. Why? Part of what he's wanting people to see is, you know what? There is great joy in the kingdom of heaven. There's great joy. In fact, you, you look at him over and over and over. He, he is introducing that idea that when people really experience the kingdom, there's nothing else that they want more in life. In fact, he, he tells parables about that. He says, you know, the kingdom of heaven, it's like a guy a merchant who found this pearl and it was like this great pearl and he went and sold everything he had so he could get this pearl. That's what the kingdom of heaven's like. What he's talking about there, he says, when you really understand it, when you really experience it, there's nothing else that's going to compare to it. There's nothing else you're going to want more. And so my hope is in the weeks ahead, you'll begin to understand more of it. You'll begin to experience more of what is the kingdom all about? Because when you do, you know what? You're going to find you desire it more than you desire that perfect job. You're going to find, you know what? You desire it more than you desire that internship. More than you desire that girl or that guy. More than you desire that bid from that one social club that just, oh my gosh, if they would just take me, I just know my life would come together. You know, you're going to desire it more than that. You're going to desire it more than, you know, the perfect GPA where, you know, because, I mean, honestly, I have people every day that ask me, what was your GPA 40 years ago? And I, you know, no, I don't. It's because no one cares, okay? <laughs> but you know what? When you begin to experience the kingdom, what you're going to find is this. So many of the things that you think, oh, this brings life together. Oh, no, that just fades in the past. Because the kingdom of God is so, so much better. So much better. At one point, we're going to look ahead and see. Uh, Jesus teaches in, this will come in a few weeks. Jesus teaches people, he says, pray like this. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Whenever you begin to experience on earth as it is in heaven, boy, you're going to get excited. When you begin to experience what it's like to have God's rule and reign in your life in such a way that you can see him at work in you and through you, you're going to say, oh, my gosh, there, my socks will roll up and down. I mean, my gosh, I could get excited about this, you know. So that's what we're hoping to do in the weeks ahead and to, to, give, you, uh, to give you just a, a foretaste of what we're going to be looking at for the next several weeks. And so I would encourage you, come back and take the time to begin. And, and when you go home, pull out the Gospels. Begin to look in. You can begin to read ahead. You know, it's okay. No, no points off. 
begin to read ahead, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and find out what does Jesus have to say about the kingdom? Because, I mean, honestly, it will tickle you spitless when you find out. You will think, oh, this is good stuff, you know. So uh, we're going to look at that. Let me pray for us, and we'll invite the band back up. Lord, thank you that you didn't... Um, you didn't present a gospel to us, which um, so many folks have bought into today, just a simple management of sin gospel. But instead, you offered us real life. You offered us the possibility to know life as you intended it from the first. You offered us uh, the opportunity to be um, related rightly to you, and related rightly to a community of people who uh, regularly see you ruling and you reigning in so many different instances. So, Father, would you just break the, uh, the chains that keep us bound to things that are just wrong? Would you, would you take the blinders off so that each one of us could begin to see more clearly all that you've invited us into in your kingdom. And Father, help us to value it in the way that it should be. And we pray those things, Father, in Jesus' name.